0: Letter twenty nine of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty nine. My dear Miss Darnford, at your desire and to oblige your honoured mamma and your good neighbours, I will now acquaint you with the arrival of Lady Davis and will occasionally write what passes among us, I will not say worthy of notice, for were I only to do so, I should be more brief, perhaps, by much than you seem to expect. But as my time is pretty much taken up, and I find I shall be obliged to write a bit now and a bit then, you must excuse me if I dispense with some forms which I ought to observe, when I write to one I so dearly love, and so I will give it journal-wise, as it were, have no regard, when it would fetter or break it upon my freedom of narration, to inscription or subscription, but send it as I have opportunity, and if you please to favour me so far as to lend it me, after you have read the stuff for the perusal of my father and mother, to whom my duty and promise require me to give an account of my proceedings, it will save me transcription, for which I shall have no time and then you will excuse blots and blurs, and I will trouble myself no farther for apologies on that score, but this once for all. If you think it worth while, when they have read it, you shall have it again. Wednesday morning, six o'clock. For my dear friend permits me to rise an hour sooner than usual, that I may have time to scribble, for he is always pleased to see me so employed, or in reading, often saying when I am at my needle, as his sister once wrote. Your maids can do this, Pamela, but they cannot write as you can. And yet, as he says, when I choose to follow my needle as a diversion from too intense study, but alas, I know not what study is, as may be easily guessed by my hasty writing, putting down everything as it comes. I shall then do as I please. But I promised at setting out what a good wife I'd endeavour to make and every honest body should try to be as good as her word, you know, and such particulars as I then mentioned, I think I ought to dispense with as little as possible, especially as I promised no more than what was my duty to perform, if I had not promised. But what a preamble is here! Judge by it what impertinences you may expect as I proceed. Yesterday evening arrived here my Lord and Lady Davers, their nephew, and the Countess of C., mother of Lady Betty, whom we did not expect, but took it for the greater favour. It seemed her ladyship longed, as she said, to see me, and this was her principal inducement. The two ladies and their two women were in Lord Davis's coach and six, and my lord and his nephew rode on horseback, attended with a train of servants. We had expected them to dinner, but they could not reach time enough, for the Countess, being a little incommoded with her journey, The coach travelled slowly. My lady would not suffer her lord, nor his nephew, to come hither before her, though on horseback, because she would be present, she said, when his lordship first saw me, he having quite forgot her mother's Pamela, that was her word. It rained when they came in, so the coach drove directly to the door, and Mr B received them there. But I was in a little sort of flutter, which Mr B, observing, Made me sit down in the parlour to compose myself. Where's Pamela? said my lady as soon as she alighted. I stepped out lest she should take it amiss, and she took my hand and kissed me. Here, my lady countess, said she, presenting me to her, here's the girl. See if I said too much in praise of her person. The countess saluted me with a visible pleasure in her eye, and said, Indeed, Lady Davis, you have not. Twould have been strange. "'Excuse me, Mrs. B., for I know your story, "'if such a fine flower had not been transplanted "'from the field to the garden.' "'I made no return but by a low courtesy "'to her ladyship's compliment. "'Then Lady Davis, taking my hand again, "'presented me to her lord. "'See here, my lord, my mother's Pamela. "'And see here, my lord,' said her generous brother, "'taking my other hand most kindly.' See here your brothers, Pamela, too. My lord saluted me. I do, said he to his lady, and to his brother, and I see the first person in her that has exceeded my expectation, when every mouth had prepared me to expect a wonder. Mr. H, whom everyone calls Lord Jackie, after his aunt's example, when she is in good humour with him, and who is a very young gentleman, though about as old as my best friend, came to me next and said, lovelier and lovelier by my life, I never saw your peer, madam. Will you excuse me, my dear, all this seeming vanity for the sake of repeating exactly what passed? Well, but, said my lady, taking my hand in her free-quality way, which quite dashed me, and holding it at a distance and turning me half round, her eye fixed to my waist, let me observe you a little, my sweet faced girl. I hope I am right. I hope you will do credit to my brother, as he has done you credit. Why do you let her lace so tight, Mr B? I was unable to look up, as you may believe, Miss. My face all over scarlet was hid in my bosom, and I looked so silly. Aye, said my naughty lady. You may well look down, my good girl, for works of this nature will not be long hidden and oh my lady to the countess, see how like a pretty thief she looks. Dear my lady, said I, for she still kept looking at me, and her good brother, seeing my confusion in pity to me, pressed my blushing face a moment to his generous breast, and said, Lady Davers, you should not be thus hard upon my dear girl, the moment you see her, and before so many witnesses, but look up my best love, Take your revenge of my sister, and tell her you wish her in the same way. It is so then, said my lady. I am glad of it with all my heart. I will now love you better and better, but I almost doubted it seeing her still so slender. But if my good child you lace too tight, I'll never forgive you. And so she gave me a kiss of congratulation as she said, Do you think I did not look very silly? my lord smiling and gazing at me from head to foot, Lord Jackie grinning and laughing, like an oaf, as I then in my spite thought. Indeed the countess said, encouragingly to me, but severely in persons of birth, Lady Davers, you are as much too teasing as Mrs B is too bashful. But you are a happy man, Mr B, that your lady's bashfulness is the principal mark, by which we can judge she is not of quality lord jackie in the language of some character in a play cried out a palpable hit by jupiter and laughed egregiously running about from one to another repeating the same words we talked only upon common topics till supper-time and i was all ear as i thought it became me to be for the countess had by her first compliment and by an aspect as noble as intelligent overawed me, as I may say, into a respectful silence, to which Lady Davers' free, though pleasant raillery, which she could not help carrying on now and then, contributed. Besides, Lady Davers's letters had given me still greater reason to revere her wit and judgment than I had before, when I reflected on her passionate temper, and such parts of the conversation I had had with her ladyship in your neighbourhood, which, however to be admired, fell short of her letters. When we were to sit down at table, I looked, I suppose, a little diffidently, for I really then thought of my lady's anger at the hall, when she would not have permitted me to sit at a table with her, and Mr. B. saying, "'Take your place, my dear. You keep our friends standing.' I sat down in my usual seat, and my lady said, "'None of your reproaching eye, Pamela,' I know what you hint at by it, and every letter I have received from you has made me censure myself for my lady heirs, as you call them. You sauce-box, you. I told you I'd lady airs you when I saw you, and you shall have it all in good time. I am sure, said I, I shall have nothing from your ladyship, but what will be very agreeable. But indeed, I never meant anything particular by that, or any other word that I wrote." nor could I think of anything that was highly respectful to your ladyship. Lord Davis was pleased to say that it was impossible I should either write or speak anything that could be taken amiss. Lady Davers, after supper, and the servants were withdrawn, began a discourse on titles and said, Brother, I think you should hold yourself obliged to my Lord Davis, for he has spoken to Lord S, who made him a visit a few days ago to procure you a baronet's patent. Your estate and the figure you make in the world are so considerable, and your family besides is so ancient, that methinks you should wish for some distinction of that sort. Yes, brother, said my lord. I did mention it to Lord S, and told him withal, that it was without your knowledge or desire that I spoke about it, and I was not very sure you would accept of it, but tis a thing your sister has wished for a good while. "'What answer did my Lord S. make to it?' said Mr. B.' "'He said we,' meaning the Ministers, I suppose, "'should be glad to oblige a man of Mr. B.''s figure in the world. "'But you mention it so slightly "'that you can hardly expect courtiers will tender it "'to any gentleman that is so indifferent about it. "'For, Lord Davers, we seldom grant honours without a view.' "'I tell you that,' added he, smiling, my Lord S might mention this as a jest, returned Mr B, but he spoke the truth, but your lordship said well that I was indifferent about it. Tis true, 'tis true, an hereditary title, but the rich citizens who used to be satisfied with the title of knight, till they made it so common, that it is brought into as great contempt almost as that of the French knights of St Michael, and nobody cares to accept of it now are ambitious of this, and as I apprehend, it is hastening apace into like disrepute. Besides, tis a novel honour, and what the ancestors of our family, who lived at its institution, would never accept of. But were it a peerage, which has some essential privileges and splendours annexed to it, to make it desirable to some men, I would not enter into conditions for it. Titles at best, added he, are but shadows, and he that has the substance should be above valuing them, for who that has the whole bird would pride himself upon a single feather. But, said my lady, although I acknowledge that the institution is of late date, yet as abroad, as well as at home, it is regarded as a title of dignity, and the best families among the gentry are supposed to be distinguished by it, I should wish you to accept of it, and as to citizens who have it, they are not many, and some of this class of people, or their immediate descendants, have brought themselves into the peerage itself of the one kingdom or the other. As to what it looked upon abroad, said Mr. B, this is of no weight at all, for when an Englishman travels, be he of what degree he will, if he has an equipage, and squanders his money away, he is a lord of course with foreigners, and therefore, sir, Such a one is rather a diminution to him, as it gives him a lower title than his vanity, would perhaps make him aspire to be thought in the possession of. Then, as to citizens in a trading nation like this, I am not displeased in the main, with seeing the overgrown ones creeping into nominal honours, and we have so many of our first-titled families, who have allied themselves to trade, whose inducements were money only, that it ceases to be either a wonder as to the fact, or a disgrace as to the honour. Well, brother, said my lady, I will tell you, father, the thing may be had for asking for, if you will but go to court, and desire to kiss the king's hand. That will be all the trouble you'll have, and pray now oblige me in it. If a title would make me either a better or a wiser man, replied Mr B, I would embrace it with pleasure. Besides, "'I am not so satisfied with some of the measures now pursuing "'as to owe any obligation to the Ministers. "'Accepting of a small title from them "'is but like putting on their badge "'or listing under their banners "'like a certain Lord we all know, "'who accepted of one degree "'more of title to show he was theirs "'and would not have a higher, "'lest it should be thought a satisfaction tantamount "'to half the pension he demanded.' And could I be easy to have it supposed that I was an ungrateful man for voting as I pleased because they gave me the title of a baronet? The Countess said the world always thought Mr B to be a man of steady principles and not attached to any party, but in her opinion it was far from being inconsistent with any gentleman's honour and independency to accept of a title from a prince he acknowledged as his sovereign. "'Tis very true, madam, that I am attached to no party, nor ever will. I will be a country gentleman, in the true sense of the word, and will accept of no favour that shall make any one think I would not be of the opposition, when I think it a necessary one. As, on the other hand, I should scorn to make myself around to any man's ladder of preferment, or a cabala for the sake of my own. "'You say well, brother,' returned Lady Davers, but you may undoubtedly keep your own principles and independency, and yet pay your duty to the King, and accept of this title, for your family and fortune will be a greater ornament to the title than the title to you. Then what occasion have I for it, if that be the case, madam? Why, I can't say, but I should be glad you had it for your family's sake, as it is an hereditary honour. Then it would mend the style of your spouse here, for the good girl is at such a loss for an epithet when she writes that so I see the constraint she lies under. It is, my dear gentleman, my best friend, my benefactor, my dear Mr B, whereas Sir William would turn off her periods more roundly, and no other softer epithets would be wanting. To me, replied he, who always desired to be distinguished as my Pamela's best friend, and think it an honour to be called her dear, Mr. B., and her dear man, this reason weighs very little, unless there were no other Sir William in the kingdom than her Sir William, for I am very emulous of her favour, I can tell you, and think it no small distinction. I blushed at this too great honour, before such company, and was afraid my lady would be a little piqued at it. But after a pause she said, "'Well then, brother,' Will you let Pamela decide upon this point? Rightly put, said the Countess. Pray let Mrs B choose for you. Sir, my lady has hit the thing. Very good, by my soul, says Lord Jackie. Let my young aunt, that was his word, choose for you, sir. Well then, Pamela, said Mr B, give us your opinion as to this point. But first, said Lady Davers, Say you will be determined by it, or else you will be laid under a difficulty. Well then, replied he, be it so, I will be determined by your opinion, my dear. Give it me freely. Lord Jackie rubbed his hands together. Charming, charming, as I hope to live. By Jove, this is just as I wished. Well now, Pamela, said my lady, speak your true heart without disguise, I charge you do. Why then, gentlemen and ladies, said I, If I must be so bold as to speak on a subject, upon which, on several accounts, it would become me to be silent, I should be against the title. But perhaps my reason is of too private a nature to weigh anything, and if so, it would not become me to have any choice at all. They all called upon me for my reason, and I said, looking down a little abashed, it is this. Here, my dear Mr. B., has disparaged himself by distinguishing, as he has done such a low creature as I, and the world will be apt to say, he is seeking to repair one way the honour he has lost another, and then perhaps it will be attributed to my pride and ambition. Here they will perhaps say, the proud cottager will needs be a lady in hopes to conceal her descent. Whereas, had I such a vain thought, it would be but making it the more remembered against both Mr. B and myself. And indeed as to my own part, I take too much pride in having been lifted up into this distinction for the causes to which I owe it, your brother's bounty and generosity, than to be ashamed of what I was. Only now and then I am concerned for his own sake, lest he should be too much censored. But this would not be prevented, but rather be promoted by the title, so I am humbly of opinion against the title. Mr B had hardly patience to hear me out, but came to me and folding his arms about me said, Just as I wished have you answered, my beloved Pamela. I was never yet deceived in you. No, not once. Madam, said he to the Countess, Lord Davers, Lady Davers, do we want any titles, think you? to make us happy but what we can confer upon ourselves, and he pressed my hand to his lips, as he always honours me most in company, and went to his place highly pleased, while his fine manner drew tears from my eyes, and made his noble sisters and the countesses glisten too. Well, for my part, said Lady Davis, thou art a strange girl, where, as my brother once said, gotest thou all this?' Then, pleasantly humorous as if she was angry, she changed her tone. What signify thy meek words and humble speeches, when by thy actions as well as sentiments thou reflectest upon us all? Pamela, said she, have less merit or take care to conceal it better. I shall otherwise have no more patience with thee than thy monarch has just now shown. The Countess was pleased to say, You're a happy couple indeed such sort of entertainment as this you are to expect from your correspondent. I cannot do better than I can, and it may appear such a mixture of self-praise, vanity and impertinence, that I expect you will tell me freely, as soon as this comes to your hand, whether it is tolerable to you. Yet I must write on for my dear father and mother's sake, who require it of me, and are prepared to approve of everything that comes from me for no other reason but that, and I think you ought to leave me to write to them only, as I cannot hope it will be entertaining to anybody else, without expecting as much partiality and favour from others, as I have from my dear parents. Meantime, I conclude here my first conversation piece, and am and will be always yours, etc. P.B. End of letter twenty-nine.